Welcome to Joey Ito's Conversations. Today's conversation is with MIT student Jesse Lin. We'll be talking about adversarial AI. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Joey. How are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> good, good. So, Jesse is a student at MIT, and、uh, mm-hmm. she was in my class and helped a lot with the class. And I found out during the class that she was a member of the uh, infamous Lab Six. <laughs> and,、uh, But maybe, do you want to first start by introducing yourself and ex- explaining a little bit about what Lab 6 is? Yeah, sure.、Um, so, as Joey mentioned, I'm currently a rising senior at MIT. So, I've worked in various like, research labs,、um, including Josh Tenenbaum's co- Computational Cognitive Science Lab, and then、um, this Lab 6 group, which is a student run. Um, entirely student run and founded research group that has worked on security and machine learning systems recently.、Um, so, yeah, that's a bit about me, and I'm currently at Google Research this summer continuing work on machine learning research. And, and sort of specifically in machine learning research, I think Lab 6 does adversarial AI, right? Exactly, yeah. Is that, is that your main focus? Yeah, so we're a relatively new group. We just started about this time last year. So, in the past year, we've done a couple of stuff in security and kind of safety of machine learning systems.、Um, so, we came out with like two or three papers on adversarial examples. Do you, maybe we should um, um, start by just showing one because that yeah, I think、sure. will give people an example. So, I guess the turtle one, right? So, yeah. Do you want to talk? You can talk over the video, right? Because there's no audio. Um, yeah, yeah. So here's. So this was、oh, wait, one should... of our、yeah. first papers on fooling machine learning systems in the real world. So we wanted to see if we could make real, like, 3D objects that could fool machine learning classifiers from all angles. So this is a 3D printed turtle, and we've printed this very specific texture onto the object so that instead of being classified as a turtle, it's classified as a rifle from all angles, as you can see here.、Um, so this is using. Um, an Inception V3 classifier, which is a relatively kind of newer, not state of the art, but、um, pretty decent classifier、um, in computer vision that's commonly used in these systems. And so,、um, this, uh, so, so this, 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 you have access to the code in this case, right? Yeah. So, to kind of like, Like, jump back a little bit and talk about、mm-hmm. like, what that means. Like, what does it mean for, to have access to the code?、Um, so, there's the sense of like, having the code, like the model itself.、Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, what kind of、um, architecture is it using?、Um, what are the different layers that you're passing、um, these images or inputs through? And then there's a、mm-hmm. sense of having access to it in terms of being able to say, Okay, I want to make an adversarial image. Can I kind of query the classifier and figure out exactly how to perturb my image so that it、mm-hmm. produces an adversarial image? So that's、mm-hmm. taking a gradient through the classifier, which is、um, typically how you train these things.、Um, mm-hmm. So during training, that would be oh, you know, I want this image of a dog to be classified as a dog by the classifier.、Um, how can I kind of like perturb the parameters of the network? So, that it does get、mm-hmm. higher probability of being classified as a dog. But now,、mm-hmm. in the case of an adversary, you're asking instead of perturbing the parameters of the network, how can I perturb the parameters of my image so that it looks more、mm-hmm. like this incorrect classification? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind and, of and access I, I think, that you have. 
and I think like the example with your turtle, the interesting thing is that uh, uh, to humans, it still looks like a turtle. Yeah, and to exactly. the computer, it now looks like a rifle, right? And, um, and I mean, so how, how, I remember you were talking about this a little bit in class, but first of all, how long did that take you to do, for example, that turtle um, one? How long and, did and, it and before, if, uh, first of all, a lot of the stuff that people did before were 2D images, right? Where they flipped a couple of pixels and made a dog look like something else. But this, was this the first time that anybody did a 3D printed thing that you could, that would look like a rifle from any direction? Yeah, yeah. So this was the first time that someone did kind of a 3D printed object. There had been some previous mm -hmm. works on, you know, like maybe 2D stickers that are viewed from different angles or things like that. Um, but mm -hmm. what we wanted to do was yeah. actually make objects in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some people joining late. So let's, I'll play the yeah. video, but let's keep talking over it. Um, okay, sure. We're talking about this, this thing that she did with, uh, uh, with LabSig did with uh, 3D printed turtles. So how long did it take you to do this? How long did it take us to develop the idea or to do the attack? Both. <laughs> um, so this work took a few months, starting from about the end of summer, continuing on work that had been done by some of our um, members in the past. Um, mm -hmm. And the attack itself, as it actually isn't too hard, um, you could do mm -hmm. it in a few lines of code, which is kind of like mm -hmm. uh, maybe the slightly terrifying part that it's so easy to attack these classifiers given Mm -hmm. um, given access to it. Um, yeah. And, and, and then there, like, for instance, if, if you're, so this is Google, right? Um, yeah. if, if you're Google, what do you do about the fact that this attack exists? You, you, you can't, you have to retrain the model to prevent this specific attack, right? Yeah. Or what, 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 so, what, 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 what's, what's the response on the, on the, on the, on the developer side? Yeah. So actually, the kind of history of research in this field is a little bit interesting because um, adversarial examples are actually first kind of um, presented academically back in 2013. Um, so it's been around for a while, but back then it was always like, or I guess like up until very recently, it was always like, oh, this is kind of just an academic or theoretical curiosity um, because mm -hmm. you make so many assumptions about what the attacker has access to, um, you know, like all of these um, kind of like relaxations of real world systems where, you mm -hmm. know, in a real company you have like proprietary algorithms, you give limited access to people, you don't have like a fully open kind of ecosystem. Um, mm -hmm. But then the attack started getting more and more realistic, starting with like this mm -hmm. 3D object work. And then our next work was actually attacking Google's real Cloud Vision API system that is being deployed in mm -hmm. real systems today. Mm -hmm. um, so it does require kind of um, more work to attack a real system, mm -hmm. but we mm -hmm. have shown that it is possible. Yeah. And, but again, what um, they can't do from there. Um, yeah. And, and, oh, but yeah, from, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Sorry. That, but from their perspective, they've got the model and the classifiers already. If they were to try mm -hmm. to not allow this attack to happen anymore, they would have to retrain the whole thing, which yeah. isn't really feasible. Right. And so how do they block um, yeah. it? Yeah, so actually um, one of the kind of suggestions for a defense has been to, you mm. know, you've generated all these adversarial images or it's very easy to generate them. Is it just mm -hmm. feasible to train on adversarial examples? Does that make it robust to mm -hmm. like generating it further on this like defended model? Um, and it turns mm -hmm. out that actually does work to some extent 
it makes it mm -hmm. less um, kind of vulnerable to adversarial attacks, or it gives it slightly mm -hmm. higher accuracy. Um, but the problem mm -hmm. is not that it's not feasible to retrain, because you know Google has, mm -hmm. if they really wanted yeah. to, they could throw all their GPU resources at this problem. Um, the problem mm -hmm. is more that it doesn't make it fully robust, at least with mm -hmm. the current research we have right now. Mm -hmm. And 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 also, if it's you, you, I think you were saying before that it's, it's somewhat trivial to create an adversarial attack. So the cost of creating an adversarial attack versus the cost of retraining it just is very asymmetrical. And you could just keep pumping out adversarial attacks if you wanted to, right? Is that, is that yeah. roughly correct? Yeah. The interesting part is kind of like this asymmetry between the attacker and the defender in general, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I think this is why, you know, defenses right now or defense research has been so difficult. It's because... Um, as a defender, you have to think about all the possible attacks. You know, you can't just say, you know, I made a defense that works against the the most recent attack that has been published in the literature. Um, you have to kind of defend against all of them and also think about what other attacks could be, you know, redesigned mm -hmm. given mm -hmm. that your defense, which I think like a lot of yeah. defense papers don't think about. Um, mm -hmm. They kind of like defend for the past rather than for the future. But it, but like for if it if it is i mean i don't i, I mean i don't want to say this in a, in a demeaning way but like if a bunch of undergrads at mit <laughs> could create um with somewhat trivial amount of work an adversarial attack and and that you you suggest that you can can you can do this at scale isn't yeah. this sort of the end of this <laughs> category of um computer vision because because i think because i remember in the early internet when we were doing like when people were setting up email or other things, we we didn't we assumed there wouldn't be adversaries, and that's why we didn't build in identity and cryptography and stuff like that. And it feels again, I'm I'm sounding a little bit like a journalist interviewing somebody, <laughs> but, but like but but I mean, I don't think they thought of adversarial attacks really when they were figuring these things out. And is yeah. it kind of like the fact like email before we had? Um, any of the uh, tools built in that that we're going to have to overhaul the whole thing, or what? What do you what do you think is is, is the future for yeah. for this? Um, I think there are a lot of interesting kind of parallels if you look at machine learning as a field in general, not even like security mm -hmm. machine learning, but machine learning as a research field and other research fields um, that have kind of developed in the past. Because a lot of people complain mm -hmm. that machine learning maybe is like in this um, very kind of like earlier nation stage where um, you kind of don't have all these um, defenses or safety, security first mindsets in place yet. And the real question is whether we'll develop that as the field matures. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like it's good that this kind of work is being done or it is kind of being brought mm -hmm. to um, well, the fact the that forefront. Google is you're at Google interning means that yeah. that, that they they think that your work is like, let's, <laughs> let's, big, scary quotes good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah. Um. So 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 but so so there's there's definitely defense that I think they're going to have to work on. But but I think some people will argue though you had access to the algorithm in this case, mm -hmm. so. Um, uh, or at, at least a, enough access so you could iterate and test. Um, and that people said, well, actually, if you don't have access to the code, um, exactly. it's really hard. But then yeah. the next thing that you did was went without access, right? 
exactly. So yeah. let's so let's, let's run do... that video. Yeah, Sorry. I'll run the video and you can talk over it. Yeah. Yeah. So this was partial information attacks. Um, so what we did was we wanted to look at a real system and actually attack it in the threat model that kind of it presented. Um, so we're looking at Google Cloud Vision here, which is a real API that a lot of um, you know like systems are backed by today. Um, and we wanted to make this image of a skier look like an image of a dog. You know, so here are a few problems with that. First, you don't have access to like the classifier. You don't have all the information. Like you don't have all the classes, or like you don't have probabilities that will make this attack um, kind of easier. Um, but we here we show that we can develop attack that works in this threat model or this setting. So as you can see here, um, this original image of a skier um, gets classified as a dog with high probability. So this is kind of like the one step further um, mm -hmm. kind of jab saying, you know, even though um, we don't have all the information, there are attacks that can be developed in the setting in a kind of similar way. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, and, and sort of getting back to the defense. So what, what, what do you think different strategies for defense are? Yeah, I mean, this is very much an open research problem right now. Um, mm -hmm. There has been a lot of recent work on, um, you know, approaching it from a theoretical perspective. Like, can we design provably robust defenses, mm -hmm. um, or mm -hmm. you know, empirical methods? Like, are there ways to like train the system or kind of um, design it so that it's more robust? And none of them have fully worked so far. There has been some progress mm -hmm. made where you know you can make mm -hmm. it slightly more robust, decrease the accuracy of um, adversarial classes. But um, nothing right now that is a system that Google can just push out to its Cloud Vision API and have it work. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think there's a chance, like cybersecurity, that um, it will be asymmetric for a long time and that it'll be really expensive to defend? Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of like the approach that we have to take right now, where mm -hmm. there isn't really a guarantee. We can't say, here's a system that is 100% secure. But at least we can say we are aware of the assumptions that we're making um, in like mm -hmm. the way that we're def defending the system, and uh, we're aware yeah. of the weaknesses. And are the trade-offs, like the cost-benefit trade-offs, um, worthwhile? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to take mm -hmm. this risk? And I think like um, the problem is that a lot of like kind of practitioners maybe aren't thinking about that. They're like, you know, mm -hmm. machine learning is great. Let's like deploy it everywhere. Um, we don't need yeah. humans anymore kind of perspective, mm -hmm. uh, whereas I don't think yeah. we're at that point yet. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, I mean, just, you know, the, the scary example. So how realistic yeah. is it that um, kids start making things that look normal to us, but look like <laughs> a stop sign to a Tesla or, um, yeah. you know, I mean, what, what do you, do you think? Cause, and obviously in the battlefield, um, you know, adversaries on the battlefield probably have even less access to the code, but they could capture uh, one of the devices and start training something against it. And so, so I mean, do you, because the two that I, th I mean, mainly the, I guess there's obviously online versions, but the, the kinetic stuff, so-called, the, the stuff that can sort of slam into you and hurt you seems okay. like a really bad thing um, because they depend so much on computer vision. Um, do you think that's a real risk? Yeah, definitely. That's a very real risk. And surprisingly, I don't think a lot of self-driving car companies are thinking about it right now. Um, maybe mm -hmm. because they're still trying to get the systems just like working on the road. Um, but I do think it's very important to think about. Um, and 
it's something that should be kind of like designed for first rather than last, you know, safety and security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess the other thing that you can do is try to, um, uh, um, you know, do the work, work at different levels. Right. So, 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 you know, I mean, because so, the because you can try to defend at this computer vision layer, but then you can try to d- do another. It's kind of like a spam filter. If something happens, if something pops out that looks anomalous, maybe you 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 force another check. I mean, what have you? I'm sure you've thought of strategies. What what do you think the most likely yeah. next step? Like, if you were a self-driving car company head of engineering right now, what would you, or CTO, <laughs> what would you be focusing your energy on? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think like the method that you mentioned, kind of like detecting whether something is anomalous, it's like a very mm-hmm. natural kind of like next step. Like, oh, maybe we can, even if we can't, uh, you know, like make the right class prediction, maybe if we could just detect that we're maybe uncertain about a prediction and maybe just say, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. But the problem is actually hard because like, um, as you can see, like they're kind of imperceptible examples or um, hard mm-hmm. to detect, and there's so far no yeah. consistent way that we can do that. So that defense is also yeah. kind of an open so, problem. So it's almost kind of like you have to hope that there aren't that many bad people, because it could get. I mean, this. <laughs> I just found this. This uh, one of my friends showed me this. This is a this is a picture of um, an oh, artist who um, circled a self-driving car with like these dotted lines and then it gets stuck. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it, um, it's, it's kind of clever, right? This is a, really a British funny. artist named James Bridal, but it's, it's pretty funny, but it's like, so, so, you know, it's, 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 what do they say? It's, it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Right. I think yeah, that's, yeah. you know, I think that's going to be, you know, the, the next thing I think will be uh, adversarial attack on, on autonomous vehicles. So, yeah. Um, so that, so that's interesting, and and I th- I think we know from sort of generally security stuff in in the past that um, people don't really put their you know back into it until something bad exactly. starts happening. And but know, that's exactly the problem. And, yeah, like we don't want to wait until yeah. Spectre happens to fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so tell tell me so like give me a little bit more on lab six because this is the thing is like you have obviously you're you you have professors that you talk to and stuff like that but this is like a completely self-organized project like how how did you get started and then why did you decide to um uh, do adversarial ai yeah yeah um i guess this is a group of four or five other people um all students Mm -hmm. uh ranging from you know undergrads to phds but we kind of all met when we were undergrads um like in the past two or three years. Um, mm-hmm. And we're all kind of interested in machine learning research, but we felt like there was this kind of white space in between, um, mm-hmm. you know, what academic or university researchers are interested in and working on. And, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole world of deep learning and AI in the real world and like practitioners and engineers. And there's this kind mm-hmm. of middle space. And I do feel like something like the 3D printed turtle work is something that. Mm-hmm. Is it really something that can be done by either group, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. um, not very academic mm-hmm. or like you kind of need to think about like real world concerns, 3D printing things. Like I don't think mm-hmm. many labs would be in a position to do that kind of work. And on the other side, you know, you have mm-hmm. um, engineers and like companies who aren't necessarily thinking about like research or theoretically interesting things. 
Um, yeah. So we kind of wanted to make this group that was well, like positioned in a way that like we had mm -hmm. the background knowledge or like the research background to do this kind of work, but also think about how it could be interesting or useful or different mm -hmm. um, in the real mm -hmm. world. And I think the Google Cloud mm -hmm. Vision work as well is an example of this. Like, I think um, you know academic work isn't necessarily focused on um, proving that you can attack like you know a real system mm -hmm. or um, going mm -hmm. that extra mile to apply the research. Um, mm -hmm. But I think mm -hmm. that was kind of our goal when we were making this group. That's cool. So, and do, do you think is it going to continue to be a thing? I mean, how many people are yeah. there? There's like yeah, like yeah. five or six or something. Yeah, yeah, about that number. Um, we're hoping to continue it, and we're currently thinking of like a bunch of interesting ideas floating around for next things you can work on when school starts up again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, and that's kind of scary. Um, but uh, uh, but that but that video is pretty impactful. Did you get contacted by any like weird people asking you to oh. help them do bad things or something? <laughs> um, not necessarily weird people, um, but we did get a lot of interest from just like people in the real world, varying from like you know um, just like journalists looking to figure out like what are the real implications of this, like. Can this actually be used to apply, like, uh, to attack XYZ system or, like, you know, surveillance mm -hmm. systems, things like that? So there's a lot of, like, interest in yeah. um, outside of research. And what's the scariest application that um, you've thought of? <laughs> not, to, not to give the viewers any ideas, but, you know, here are XYZ ways to dis destroy the world. Um, yeah. I think, like, there are a lot of kind of scary applications. Um, but you know, name any application where AI and machine learning is used, which is like almost everywhere mm -hmm. now, or like at least people are thinking about applying it almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, like military applications are like a particularly, you know, like forefront of mind example. Um, there's also mm -hmm. like surveillance systems or um, things along those lines. So there's all kinds of like really wild mm -hmm. examples of where this could be yeah. harmful. Are there good uses? I guess there must be, like, for human rights or yeah, when you're trying yeah. to get out of surveillance, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was this assembly project that um, mm -hmm. I was working on this, um, the assembly being the program that the Media Lab and um, Harvard was running. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, like, there are all kinds of ways that machine learning is used on the quote-unquote good side and the bad side. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, like, People might argue that um, for surveillance systems, if you could avoid being surveilled by using this kind of system to mm -hmm. um, kind of disguise your face or like fool a classifier such that um, it won't be tracking you, then maybe that might mm -hmm. lead to some good applications. Um, mm -hmm. But it's kind of, it's such a, you know, like weird, complex ecosystem of like, you know, who's good, who's bad, what is this being used for? So I can't really say that, um, you know, where, where, where this will end up in terms of yeah. um, how it's used. I mean, in a way, and this, this is, I don't want to, like, um, this is a little bit political, but in a, in a way, the people who have really sophisticated machine vision are people who have power. Mm. And so this is sort of a, does um especially in the human rights side and surveillance yeah. side will probably tend to benefit those people who are being surveilled yeah. um if you look at it from a surveillance perspective 
but on the other hand, obviously, if you're if you're you know getting if you're if you have a self driving car and you run into a tree because you think it's a you know it's a it's a it's a it's an entrance to something that that's that's probably a bad thing. Um, yeah. Um, but but it but it's also kind of interesting to think about what the responsibility of the autonomous vehicle companies are, right? Because I think yeah. these days, if you don't take cybersecurity seriously, the board of the yeah. company is responsible for that. And, um, you know, if you think about the fact that um, you've published papers about this and you have videos online, and if they're not spending a sufficient amount of energy sort of thinking about it um, and somebody gets hurt, it, you know, again, I don't, I'm not saying that yeah, that's yeah. what should happen, but there, there's a certain amount of, you know, responsibility, at least as an industry, I think, to, to, to look at this stuff, especially yeah. if it's being deployed. Um, but have you heard? I think this it, was a it, super but you said people conversation. Don't... Yeah, in the class. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking about this, like, with, you know, like, um, you and Jay-Z about how, you know, it's like a self-driving car is kind of like a system in itself, like, from the mm -hmm. researchers who... Did the research to the engineers who applied it to like every step along the way there's some responsible agent and who really mm -hmm. gets the responsibility um kind of like placed on them when something bad happens it's really hard to say right yeah um and and you you did this with um images and the images are pretty easy to understand but i assume that anything that does classification you could do right so yeah, yeah, exactly. if, if you're looking so, at like the no-fly list or um yeah, or insurance yeah. prices or risk assessments exactly. or predictive police and you could imagine confounding them or screwing them up as well right yeah yeah so there's actually been like really kind of interesting work um in research done in this area because think people are mm -hmm. starting to move beyond images or there's this work for example um called hidden voice commands where um you could do this on sound and if you can imagine like mm -hmm. Um, you know, like say there's an ad playing on your TV and there's some like adversarial perturbation that you can't perceive, but that causes your Alexa mm -hmm. to like buy a thousand items on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, that's like a very real possibility. And like with audio, it works kind of the same way. Um, there's also like yeah. adversarial examples for text, for example. So for natural language processing applications, like all kinds of really mm -hmm. interesting domains mm -hmm. where this is being applied. Yeah. Interesting. And, and I think the getting back to the turtle is that machine learning sort of models fail in ways that humans don't. And that's why they're sort of yeah. unpredictable and weird. Right. And because I think yeah. if they basically looked the way that would also fool a human, that's that's easy because you, you notice it, too. And so so it feels like, I mean, one of the protections so broadly as a, as a strategy is to keep the human in the loop so that the human's looking over the machine's shoulder. So when something yeah. obvious, like a turtle that doesn't look like a rifle gets classified as a rifle, you've got the person checking. And so maybe this actually, yeah. for those people who are worried about losing jobs, <laughs> um, maybe this is a a, a, a a blessing in disguise that um, <laughs> um, learning you know, makes people more valuable for a while. Uh oh, yeah. I think you're... You still there? Uh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Can you yeah. hear me? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we're sort of getting onto the half hour. But um, um, so, so you've got one more year left at MIT. And so hopefully we can yeah. uh, work on some things and maybe we can think about some interesting defenses. But but I, I do think, though, <laughs> I mean, we, we need to get the word out a little bit. I mean, I think to both yeah. the anyone who's 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 working on this stuff and and uh, um, 
yeah, I guess maybe offline we can talk a little bit about how 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 to get you in front of um and and how let, let, let's finish by just saying how how big is the community of adversarial AI researchers? I mean, it, obviously it's not just you guys. Is it is it a yeah. is it a field? I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a field. Um, there's a lot of people thinking about security and machine learning, like within industry and academia as well. So it's definitely a great mm -hmm. group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Jesse, for yeah. all of your work, and uh, thank you for the lovely video of the turtle. And uh, <laughs> I hope to see you back in Cambridge in a bit. Yeah. Thanks, Joey.